0: Hello and welcome back to the Andrew Steele Podcast, Episode 10, A Little Milestone. It's been a while, um, it's been, yeah, it's definitely been a while. Um, before we get into that though, we are presented by blogs of blogsofsteel.substack.com, which is my own personal website where you find sports, culture, some personal stuff, a little bit of everything. Um, we're going to really kind of gear up on that now, there's lots going on, so if you love sports, if you want to hear whatever random thoughts come into my head, then uh, that's the site for you. So yeah, this is um, probably the first time in a month that we've done one of these, which is which has been annoying for me, frustrating for sure. Um, that wasn't the plan. Uh, you know, I, I, we've been getting into a nice habit of doing at least one a week, uh, two sometimes, and it's just. It's just one of those things, you know. If you're if you're a visitor to the site, I've put a couple of stuff on there recently about some personal stuff coming up and and some family stuff. And time's crazy, you know. Before you know it, a week turns into two, turns into three, and then you're a month down the line. And it's just been one of those periods where there's been a few things going on, and I haven't had the the time and and quite frankly the energy sometimes to come and do a podcast and i you know i've gone down to sit down to do one and then things have come up so it's been annoying and frustrating for sure but that's behind me now and and it's good to be back and in, back into the swing of things i almost forgot how to edit so uh but no just just glad to, to to be back and really couldn't have timed it any better because there's a lot going on in sports right now like i always say april may june are probably the 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 three best sports months october obviously because you have regular season nfl hockey basketball and then playoff baseball all together that's the, the only time that you have games on in all four sports so that that's incredible but I mean in terms of April, May and June, you know, you've got the NBA playoffs, you've got the NHL playoffs. We've had the NA, the NFL draft this weekend, which we'll get onto shortly. And obviously it's regular season baseball there a month in now, so yeah, there's there's literally games on every night, there's there's stuff going on constantly. So plenty to talk about. I've certainly got a lot to talk about. I'm looking to do probably two more podcasts this week one with a guest will be hockey centric probably be tuesday wednesday depending on what happens in in game seven on monday between the rangers and devils and then i might do just one on my own potentially just to kind of recap a lot of what's been going on and give my thoughts on on some of the big topics i might get, grab a guest on just to bounce off for that uh, I'm not sure yet, so I'll let you know on that, but yeah, we're back to regular programming now, so there'll be at least one a week, I'm trying to get to two a week, so if you're a subscriber or a listener, then don't fear, we're back, again, I'm sorry for disappearing, that's, again, that's all behind me now, so glad to be back, thank you for your patience and support, and um, yeah, there's going to be lots going on, so hopefully you can continue to join us and and uh you, you're not gonna want to miss out because again, we've got loads planned in the background along with everything else going on. So it's it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be exciting. And I haven't even gotten to today's guest yet, who is my good friend Joe Clark from Toilets of Titles, a site that I was involved with briefly. They're they're doing incredible as well. Uh Coach Sheps, who who runs that whole operation, he's just overseeing the amazing growth and they're doing big things. So Joe uh Joe's a good friend of mine. We you know we could talk sports for hours and hours. So he was a perfect guest to get on this weekend with the NFL draft. He's a huge Giants fan, one of the biggest Giants fans I know. And with me being a Jets fan, we we always have stuff to talk about. So this was recorded Saturday. It was recorded kind of as the the last few rounds of the NFL draft was going on, so you'll hear occasionally we kind of break to talk about a pick that, that just happened, but it's kind of a smorgasbord of football stuff, we, we talk about the Giants, we talk about the Jets, we talk about Aaron Rodgers, we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like on day one, we do our own list of Kings of New York sports because GQ Sports did their list and it was pretty, pretty, pretty bad as larry david would say but we've just switched the the bad for good it was uh it wasn't all the good for bad rather uh it wasn't great so we did our own version which which hopes you will enjoy that's at the end of the show but we we again we could talk for hours and hours so we literally just um <laughs> let rip and It was a really good talk. It was great to get Joe on. If you hear some stuff in the background, I tried something different. We're going to set up a YouTube channel, so I videoed this one as well, and I hung up some jerseys, and a couple of them decided to fall down, including the Rangers one, which I thought was going to be a bad omen, but thankfully not. So if you hear any noise, that is my props just crashing to earth, so don't be alarmed. I need a better prop guy. Uh, But no, it was... um, really really good chat. It's a really fun weekend. I love I love the NFL draft. I love I love any draft in any sport. Like I think the NFL does it really really well. It's obviously a, a whole show within itself. I I always enjoy the NHL draft. The baseball draft is is good. They've shortened it. Um that's kind of di- a, a different kind of, of, of viewing. The the NFL has made it an art form and I think the NFL just they know that everything they do is is entertainment and is going to get viewers so I've really enjoyed that this weekend. Round round one, day one was was really fun. And it was kind of good just to have it on in the background doing other stuff. And then you can kind of jump in here and there on Friday and Saturday. So it was a fun weekend. It was great just to talk football with Joe. It's 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 not gonna be long until football season's here. As a jet fan, I couldn't be more excited about with Aaron Rodgers. And he certainly won the press conference last week. I'm really excited about the possibility. I'm I'm working on a piece at the moment. I think what they're building is is something really special. And I think he revitalised. I think it's clear he wanted out of Green Bay. It's clear he needed a new challenge. And I'm trying not to get too carried away. Because as New York sports fans, that is when things go wrong. But I think it'd be wrong not to get a little bit excited at least about what the Jets are doing. The Knicks too... They're in the the conference, the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Heat. That's going to be a tough series, but the Knicks look just look incredible. And and you know we've got two teams left in the NHL playoffs. The Mets and the Yankees are struggling a little bit, but they're going to be contenders by the end of the regular season. It's 162 games, so there's a, there's a lot of baseball still to be played. So it's pretty fun to be a New York sports fan and to be involved in the media landscape there. And um, I'm delighted to be a part of it. And without further ado, I will pass you on to our chat with Joe. Enjoy. So uh, welcome back to the Andrew Steele podcast. as you can probably tell by my voice, I'm fighting hurt a little bit. It's that time of year where everyone goes down with a little bit of something and I'm, you know, like NHL players in the playoffs play through broken bones. I'm playing for a bit of a bit of man flu, but I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend, Joe Clark from toilets to titles. Joe, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. And Andrew, thank you for reaching out to me and asking me if I could, if I could you make an appearance. I was absolutely excited to hear from you and, uh, and I'm a frequent follower of yours on Twitter. We, we're, we're uh, first of all we're NFL fans, but we're also Mets fans. Uh, so we definitely have that in common. And, uh, and I always look forward to your to your articles and your your uh, your tweets and just your information. So it's always a joy. But definitely, really cool to be here with you. And thank you so much.
0: Well, for the, for those that don't know, Me and Joe did a, a few shows together on on Toilets the Titles, which is mm-hmm. absolutely going off. You know, obviously the, the guys have been to the. So there we go there's a the t-shirt um trying to get it in there but yeah I mean I mean the the site's kind of taken off you know the guys have been to the the senior bowl and all kinds so it's exciting times for the sites and um yeah I always yeah. love talking football view and and our mets and and sports in general so and this was the perfect weekend to get you on given that it's the NFL draft and as we're doing this so when you listen to this we're doing this um while the the last few rounds are coming in
1: Yeah. So if you see me, I am, I'm multitasking right now, everybody. I am talking and listening to Andrew, but if you're looking, if you see me looking up, I'm watching the TV then. And so is Andrew. So that's totally cool. We get each other. So I just don't want to seem disrespectful.
0: Yeah. I've got the TV on. I've got the iPad on my knees with all the pics that have happened already. And also I'm very old fashioned. So I've got the yellow legal pad too with notes written on there. So we're, we're both multitasking. Um, so we we got this is going to kind of be like a smorgasbord of of stuff, mainly draft stuff. We are going to touch on New York sports in general at the end, but we're on the last day now. It's you know, it's always a great time for football fans. The, the, the draft It's one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, it, it it looked a really cool event in Kansas as, as well. What have been your kind of quick thoughts on the on the first couple of days as we head into the the last couple of rounds here?
1: This has been I've really enjoyed it. Hang on, let me just put my some get some light on. I think I look a little dark over here. For whatever reason, it almost looks dark in my living room and it's just not true. It's just like how the camera modulates things. Um it's been a really fun draft. Like it, it's been the most unexpected that I could ever remember. Uh just like how things fell, especially in the first round. I think that's my dogma, but after the first round, uh, you know, I think things just pretty much went the way I, we or i would expect them to like everything made sense but the the first the first round was such a um was such a um just you know a lot of picks like hey listen it's funny constant criticism what do people always say you know you can't take a running back in the first top end of the first round and you get two running backs that go in the top 12 right and then you don't have any wide receivers everyone's talking about you know what a passing league it is which is true and you don't have any wide receivers going to like pick 19 or 20 something like that. So that was really wild and just a lot of picks in between too. Like like your Jets with with the defensive end on uh, McDonald which I thought was a sneaky sneaky, <laughs> sneaky cool smart pick. Um I liked it a lot. Uh so and um, that's where it, it was wild. And then you saw like these talented wide receivers, you know, like I'm a Giants fan, we weren't picking till 25 all of a sudden I'm looking at like Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers possibly being there, Deontay Banks on the cornerback side, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter, um, Brian Branch, who I absolutely love. So there were just players that like picking the back end of the first round, I was like, oh, baby, we're going to have some good players to choose from. So it was wild, you know, especially the first round. Uh, after that, I think it's really – the thing about this draft class, I'll take care of my dog in a second. I thought my wife is coming home just in time to take care of <laughs> these smell. He'll smell. He's gonna smell the deli sandwiches, so he'll chase her now. Um, so after that, like, what I liked about this draft class is, it, to me, was never the past few draft classes, past two in particular, were top heavy and deep. And I didn't really see this as a top heavy. You know, like you didn't have your Christian Alave, uh, your Jamar Chase, your Garrett Wilson, like those wide receivers that were guaranteed. Like those guys are a level above, I guess, Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers, in my opinion. You didn't have that. Uh, but you had a lot of depth, you know, wide receiver, but even the other positions too. So I was like, I was telling people last night, cause I did uh, day two toilets of titles. Um, I covered all of day two. And at the beginning, I, you know, I explained that this is where this draft is really starting. Uh, cause there's so much darn talent here uh, that a lot of like really good first round talent still deep into the second round. Uh, so I like the depth of this class and, a lot of fans of each respective team should be really, really happy uh so far. Especially the Eagles, who again knocked yeah. it out of the park. They just traded for DeAndre Swift, if you're not aware, just a little while ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that flash up on the screen. Oh man,
1: the rich get richer.
0: I think yeah, I think what you were saying about about how deep it is, that's been borne out today alone as well, the amount of trades that have happened within the first hour of day three. And I think that that proves that there's a lot of depth still, and a lot of very good players still to be had. Um, I've got two quick points about the broadcast, if you'll indulge me before we go into the players. So, I've been watching the NFL network broadcast with <clears throat> the NFL network. I don't think you can go wrong. Um, they had Good Morning Football on at the weekend today. I, I love that show. Rich Eisen, I think, is the perfect guy for that. Yeah. So, these kind of events. However, I had two little bugaboos on day one one and this isn't just the nfl this is like the nhl does it the nba does it i do not for the life of me understand why they drag out that first pick when we all know they know who they're going to take and they Mm -hmm. they milked it to the second like the nhl will do it like whoever gets a number one pick it's going to be conor bedard like yep I'm with you it's a home run like he's going to be the number one pick because he's the best player in the draft by a million miles and it's like I think everyone knew who the Panthers were going to take they Mm -hmm. certainly knew who they were going to take and that it happens every year and every year I'm like why are they milk like because it just and and the round one could be a lot shorter and and still entertainment Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be dragged on that long and the other thing and I think you'll probably agree with me on this Mm-hmm. Is they went too heavy on the Will Levis stuff in the green room?
1: I I agree with you. Uh, I, you know, first of all, yeah, I agree with your points. Like point number one, you know, dragging out the overall first pick. Like obviously, the team that's on the clock this year it's the Carolina Panthers. It was the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, they're not making that decision while they're on the clock. It was made well before. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it doesn't need to be dragged out. You know, with Will Levis, I, I you yeah, know, in the green room, like I don't like when they're focusing on players. Like, you know, obviously they thought – same thing happened to Aaron Rodgers back in like 2007 or whenever he was drafted. Uh, like they kept panning back to Andrew uh, to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with Will Levis. Like we don't need to keep seeing the guy sweat, you know. Obviously he thought he was going to probably go top 10. Now we are, here he is still in the green room throughout the first round. I don't like to see that myself. I, I with you. I think it's, I think it's trashy. Um, I don't need that, you know, yeah. that uh, instant YouTube type reaction, like, you know, or, you know, TikTok type of like, you know, instant reaction. Like I don't need to see the guy sweat, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause, cause what the one thing I like about the NFL network is they stay away from the, the the tragedy stuff. Like, I think it's been called tragedy porn now. Like everything needs a name. But ESPN. Yeah. I, I haven't watched the ESPN stuffs this year, so I can't. But ESPN's always been the 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 big ones for going hard on that stuff, it's... and that's why I watch the NFL Network. But but you could tell that as soon as the Colts went about Anthony Richardson, mm-hmm. that he was pissed off. Like you right. could. They had there was one shot on his face, and you mm-hmm. could tell he was absolutely, because. I think obviously there was a load of stuff that came out before that he was going to go to the Panthers. Um, you know, you don't know what he yeah. was thinking at that point, but I think he was probably expecting, with all the noise, to go top four, top five. And I think yeah. as soon as you got past the Colts, they should have been like, you know what, we we'll, we'll, we we won't go on him until he gets picked because it was just and it's torturing you know, that he's become like the most probably the most meaned athlete this week.
1: And he's right to, and that happens. got to live with that i know you know what and just um i mean i can't you know i don't want to be malicious and you know my own end from my own end and and just assume that was the intent but it sure seems like that's the intent to you know to put someone in a position to make them seem and you know listen he's and he's an individual he's entitled to his emotions this is a a big moment my thing and if will levis or any other you know future uh quarterback prospects are are you know if they're listening um If they ever hear this, my advice is, you know, I'm 51 years old, so I have a lot much, much more uh, experience in life. And uh, I realize I've never been in that situation, but we've all been in situations, you know, this type of situation, like uncertainty, expectations, what's going to happen, could be a big job interview, you never know. Um, And that is to, you know, remember that, you know, keep your expectations tempered because you were not, you're not, and I'm not saying he was entitled he. That he, that he felt entitled, but, you know, okay, kind of, kind of come across that way. Like you're not Peyton Manning coming out of the draft. All right. You're not Trevor Lawrence coming out of the draft. You know, you're, you're, you're not that highly regarded. You may have a really good NFL career and I, I'm not dumping on the guy either, but you were no guaranteed first, you know, number one overall pick. No way. And if you if your agents were telling you that, then shame on them. If anyone was telling you that, then shame on them. Uh, but you got to learn how to block out the noise and in terms of the expectations, just listen, you you know, a quarterback, any first round pick is a huge commitment from any NFL team. And especially quarterback, because it's not just a money commitment, it's a time commitment. And there are jobs in the front office and the coaching staff that are going to rely on your development. And if they, you know, if they're just uncertain about you being a first round value, Hey, listen, don't take it personal. I think he wound up going, was it in the second round or the third?
0: Uh, Um, early in the second, wasn't it, to uh, the Titans? Oh, that's
1: right. So, and you know what? That's a good situation because Ryan Tannehill has been a successful, it could be the perfect situation for you. Ryan Tannehill has been a successful quarterback for a long time.
0: Um, You don't know what they've got with Malik Willis, do they, obviously?
1: Right. And and you know what? Exactly, exactly. And and yeah, you know, when he's going to have competition with Malik, maybe Malik like, you know, grows himself professionally. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really follow it that closely, but you're behind a guy who's been there, who's done it. His playoff tested himself has had success. You're in a good and, – and he's older. He's like 36, I think. Old, 36, I believe. So you're in a good position where you can sit back. You don't have to be the guy. This year when everyone's always saying, well, you know, you draft a quarterback in the first round. He better be starting day one. I don't subscribe to that. But that that pressure isn't going to be there. That tends to be there. So, But I guess the overall point I'm making about Will Levis is like calm down. Like I said, you were not – uh, 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 a generational quarterback coming out. Like you were no. There were your. There was a chance all along that you could drop. And listen, the guys that went ahead, Bryce Young. If you were prototypical quarterback, six foot three, there would have been no conversation. He would have been hands down locked in. No debate about it all. C.J. Stroud. Also, I've got my concerns about Ohio State quarterbacks because they play with so much talent, as does Bryce Young in Alabama, uh, but. You know he's a really good athletic quarterback. He's a pretty good athletic quarterback. He's not Anthony Richardson, but you look at Anthony Richardson, who for me, honestly, I would have taken him number one as a number. I'm not saying just because of his ceiling. Uh, and like I said, if Bryce Young was just so short; it's a serious limitation. Anthony Richardson, if I know his character, and I don't know anything about his character, if his character is like he's a film rat, he's always studying, he's in the locker room in, at the stadium working out, you know, six a.m. every morning. That's cool. That's what I want to hear. I'm going Anthony Richardson. If he doesn't have that type of background, based on my research, which I just don't know, then I would stay away from him. But his ceiling is through the roof. You know, Anthony Richardson. So Will Levis, like you were never a lock. You know, that's all I can say. And I and I feel for you, but
0: yeah, I you you set me up there because Anthony Richardson's the the one I want to delve into. But one mm-hmm. one last point, quickly on Will Levis, is without contradicting myself, but. On, on the flip side, in, in line with what you were saying there, mm-hmm. I think there was probably a little bit that he did buy into his own hype because there were a lot of comments made made before, and I think it buys into as well, like uh, with the Jets first round pick, which we'll, we'll get on too much much later. Mm-hmm. But you know, NFL team, you know, the NFL is a huge business, oh, God, it, it's yeah. a massive business, and these it's about teams, to get bigger too, yeah, and he's only going to get bigger, and these teams pay their scouting departments and their personnel department, like incredibly good money to make these decisions. Now, of course, they don't always get them right, but there's a wish- lot of people in these in these scout departments that get paid and, and put a tremendous amount of work in. And I think the Will Levers thing, probably being the case in point, is that I think some, you know, because we as fans get hyped by mock drafts and we get fooled by, mm-hmm. oh, this you know, this pick's getting a lot of attention. Like Michael sure. Mayer was probably the most talked about tight end, but he wasn't first tight end taken. And I think sometimes we have to trust these teams and know what they're doing. And there was clearly a reason why Will Levers was, wasn't was taken in the first round. And and that he'll either prove those teams wrong or all that will be proved out to be correct and he'll turn out to be oh. what, what he'll be.
1: Right, there have been plenty of non-first round quarterbacks that that have gone and gone on to succeed. Oh, Rogers, as you mentioned,
0: being the biggest one.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like uh, Brady obviously. In the, yeah, but I mean, he did go in the first. I mean, Brady is the most extreme example yeah. ever. But uh, but I mean, he did go in the back end of the first. Aaron Rodgers, but you had you know um, Dak Prescott, I believe fourth round. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I believe fourth round. Um, but there've been you know like, there have been like successful quarterbacks so. But, you know, it also depends, too. It's a timing thing, you know, like, and, you know, there's a lot of timing, like who's picking where. Um, and, and it's also fit, you know, like like Michael Mayer, perfect example. Like all along probably is the best all-around tight end in this class. But some people, some teams, you know, uh, like Buffalo, like they're using Dalton Kincaid. Like he's a field stretcher. That's not really Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer is more of like a traditional good blocker, good reliable third down option outlet for your quarterback. Kincaid is like a you know right down the middle, seam stretcher, you know, you know, uh take the safety with you, open things up for the guys underneath. Like he's that type of threat. Real real mismatch. Yep. Uh and Buffalo's probably gonna use him as like a wide receiver too. So it depends on what your flavor is, you know, and who's picking where.
0: So my my couple of big observations from from the first round. Mm-hmm. I, I really like what the Texans did. I think you, I think everyone will have their opinion on on CJ Stroud, but again, these teams do a lot of homework, a lot of due diligence, and mm-hmm. he was obviously the guy that they thought was was the yeah. back to take them. But what I liked about what they did in the first round was the fact that they then got aggressive and traded to then take Will Anderson Jr. with the third pick because what they now have, if things play out as they hope, and of course that you know I understand as a media we have to do these winners losers. Things straight after, but we're not going to know Grades. truly until years down the line. But if this mm-hmm. plays out the way that they they foresee it playing out, they've got two cornerstone picks on yeah. both sides of the ball, which is which is what you want in the draft, um, and and key cornerstones. But for me, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've talked about him a little bit, Anthony Richardson. I think for the Colts, you know, going into it, I think the the perception was that he might be. Middle to, to low first round because there is some doubt. But if you, as yeah. you said, if you're going on pure ceiling, he's mm-hmm. got the highest ceiling of any quarterback in that draft. And they were yeah. showing some tape of him on NFL Network earlier. That guy can do the home run play
1: like, yeah, like that. He's raw. He's raw. Yeah. That's all. He just needs time. Like he shouldn't be starting this year, but I, like, um, like, or you'll know, listen, maybe start like the last four games of the season, something like that. Um, But listen, I don't think with this particular quarterback class, there was no clear cut. You know, it could have been CJ Stroud going number one. And I get it. You know, it could have been Will. Will, I I probably wouldn't have taken Will Levis, but would I number one overall. But I would have understood, too, because I think he was also safer where he's got stuff to work on on his own as well. But he's got an arm that where he can flick it downfield 60 yards, no problem. He can get the ball through tight windows. His problem has been that he's done that a little too much, relying on that arm strength because he's got a strong arm. But he also, I like that he played at Kentucky. They run like an NFL, an NFL pro style offense, um, yeah. as much, a lot compared to a lot of other co- colleges, where you know, he, like he doesn't have, he's not surrounded by that uber talent like Alabama and and um, Ohio State, where it's like you know. Fifth round, you know, I'm not fifth round, a five star recruit after five star recruit that you're throwing the ball to, you know. So Kentucky's a good program, don't get me wrong, but they had also lost uh, decent weapons last year that that helped Will Levis like become like a really well talked about quarterback coming into this previous season. So uh, I don't think there was any wrong answer. And if if Houston had wanted to go with Anthony Richardson, um, I'm sorry, Carolina, I would have understood that too, just because. The ceilings through the roof, and me myself, when I felt like hey, there was no clear cut number one quarterback. Though I do want to take a quarterback, so I'm going to go with the guy with, with the highest ceiling. I'm going to go for the home run. I'm, you know, so that I would have. Um, that's why I probably would have taken Anthony Richardson. But I don't think there was any wrong answer.
0: No, and you know, again, there's there's kind of been a, a lot of back and forth on this, and you know, people calling it as a big swing, and it is a big swing. But you know, the culture in a position where they may as well take risks because they've tried everything and it hasn't worked. You know, they Mm -hmm. they've had a different quarterback every year since Andrew Luck, you know, they they've gone the veteran route with Philip Rivers that hasn't worked. Um, Yeah. You know, everything they tried and
1: they didn't, and they didn't trade up to get him either. He was just there right when they were.
0: picking. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think the only thing they have to do, they've got garden. That's what I was just checking. So I I was, that's why I was looking down. I just wanted to check to see who they had on the roster. They got garden, garden and Minshew. On the roster i think they could do with signing under yeah. probably another veteran because I think if he can play behind if he can sit in his first year I know that's not really a done thing now but I think if you look at history it certainly for hasn't sure. helped you know it certainly hasn't hurt people like Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. to sit for a year um you know even recently with Mahomes. so mm-hmm. I think if if they can get another veteran in with with Garden the Minch and just let Richardson sit and learn and 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 work on the, the rawness, then yeah. I think they've, they've potentially got a, a really good pick there. Um, um, yeah.
1: I, I would, I would off the bat. I'd be like, Hey, Anthony, you're not, we're not putting pressure on you. You're not going to be starting day one. Maybe we'll start in the, the back end of the, of your first season. But right now we got Gardner Minshew, who's a young veteran who, who knows what he's doing and we're going to roll with him or whoever else for right now. But we want you to work on developing and, uh, yeah, I'm a believer in that. When someone's ready, they're ready. I'm not going to rush it.
0: Yeah, I think we're, we're going to move on to um, our teams shortly because that's where our specialities are. But there's a couple more points from, from round one, and these are just general observations. Um, the Green Bay Packers, I thought this was going to be the year that they, you know, because they clearly didn't want Rodgers anymore. He's alluded that to that himself. So I thought this was going to be, they're going to go all in on Jordan Love. And again, first round, they don't get him a weapon. They, mm-hmm. they, they go for a linebacker, which, you know, again, that kind of amused me. I thought this was good. I thought, you know, even if you, you do it as a statement pick you know, to yeah. say, look, Jordan loves our guy and we're going to get him a nice shiny weapon to say, we're all yeah. behind you. But again, but talking about weapons, I, you know i really like what the ravens did with flowers man
1: they the ravens they finally get some and, and listen it's not against it gets babin i thought that was the right pick for the ravens a few years ago he's been injured i think that's been his problem but they did assign obj i think to like a one-year deal they yeah. just got antonio brown coming back that's gonna be i think that's the only team in the nfl that could actually handle is that is that uh, legit though if it's not, okay, I don't mean to be fake news, but I saw it. And I saw it. Quite yeah. A bit, like it was trending. May, am I, am I wrong? Am I no, wrong about
0: the, that? The, the thing, the thing I saw it as well, but the thing that's confused me is that he tweeted it and there's been no, if, uh, not unless I've missed oh. it, but, okay. but, but the, the thing he's obviously worked out with the before, but the only reason I bring it up is because this is Antonio Brown. We're talking about, and yeah, we're never yeah. quite sure. Hey, but
1: Yeah. I haven't had time to really dive into it because I've been so busy with draft yes. stuff. But if that's true, or even if it's not true, Zay Flowers like they they needed to add to their their wide receiving core. They did. We don't know what Rashad Bateman's going to be anymore because he's been injured quite a bit. You know, yeah. um, OBJ is you know coming off his, his second torn ACL, and this guy's had you know hamstring problems throughout his career. You can't. He could be awesome. And he may be, like, a really, really good number two wide receiver still. Um, and I believe in him. If he's healthy and on the field, I do believe in Odell Beckham Jr. But he needed he needed more talent. You just can't rely on him, you know. And Zay Flowers was a great move for them. And uh, I'm sure they promised Lamar. Lamar, if you sign this darn contract right now, this extension, we promise we'll get you a receiver in the first round. And they did it. And they got a good one.
0: Yeah, and I think is that it's the least they could do because I was, I, I you know, you, you probably saw I did a couple of pieces on Lamar on, on the website, mm-hmm. and I just never, I, he was never likely going to go anywhere else because of the compensation, and the money yeah. that was being, and I never quite understood what the Ravens' end goal was because, why would you move on from Lamar Jackson, and it it kind of it, it kind of seemed pride got in the way and. And so I think it it was good they finally got it done and gave him his money. I think Jalen Hurts probably helped him out a little bit, and I think the fact the fact that they went and got him a nice weapon that he can throw to is probably uh, it's probably a little bit look we messed up here by dragging this out. Here you go, and and they're going to be a fun team to watch.
1: I agree. In my opinion, you know, you you never drag that stuff out with the quarterback. When I, I don't listen, you shouldn't have doubts about Lamar Jackson. I realize he gets injured. The guy is a dynamic quarterback, and yes, he actually is a pretty good passer. Of I think he, people knock him, ding him for not being a supposed good passer. You know, they never really, they never really gave him wide wide receivers. Yeah, they, they it's not like they completely ignored the position. But like Hollywood Brown, when they drafted him in the first round a few years ago, was never worthy of a first round pick. That was always a, a day two pick, in my opinion. And I don't care what the experts were saying, Hollywood Brown, and it it bore out. He was never a first round worthy. You know wide receivers, not that type of talent. Um, they did the same thing to Joe Flacco back in the day, by the way, where it was just running game and tight ends, running game and tight ends, and people like, oh, Joe Flacco was just a mediocre quarterback. Joe Flacco succeeded very well with the players he had around him and an excellent defense. And when the year, the one year when the Ravens got him wide receivers, I guess it was 2010, I think it was, in Steve Smith and uh, Anquan Bolden, and lo and behold, they win a Super And now after that, they they let them go, you know, and they went back to being the Ravens. Um, But listen, you're going to need – I'm not saying you have to be surrounded by, you know, like what Joe Burrow has, but you need to have real legitimate threats on the field all the time.
0: I'm going to quickly interrupt this regular programming, by the way, just to say that the guy who just come out to announce the Cleveland Browns pick is wearing possibly the nicest and coolest retro-style starter jacket I've ever seen.
1: Oh, who was? Um, Is it oh, Don Smeraldi? Do
0: yeah, Don Dan Don Smeraldi was it.
1: Uh, I love. You know what? I didn't. I didn't see it myself. I think it was yesterday. Uh, there was a Texans pick that was being announced, and you know, um, the old team in Houston was the Oilers, who yeah. became the Tennessee Titans. And I forgot who it was. Came out in a, in a Houston Oilers starter jacket to announce the pick, and it looked beautiful. It, it was so cool with mostly white. And like the baby blue and I think red stripes. It was really really nice. I love starter jackets. It's so oh. cool.
0: And if you go into the um, if you go into the MLB store in New York, mm-hmm. they've got some really nice like retro style New York I love Mets them. Yankees. And um, Mitchell and Ness do a great job on those those yeah. retro style. Like, you just, and like you said the the kind of um, like the old Oilers teams as well. Yeah. Like the the those those colors and just that, that starter jacket there for the Browns, just that, uh, that color just goes perfectly. You just. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, end up yeah dropping it, some money on that. Just, you know, right. I'm, Cause I'm a, no, i sports. hear you.
1: I don't even like, I'm a huge giants fan and I, I've got my cap and I've got an Eli Manning jersey and that's it. I told everyone, I'm like, Hey, if Daniel Jones signs that contract because I am a Daniel Jones Stan. I'm like, I'm going to get his Jersey, you know, color rush. And I am going to do it. I just haven't done it. because. I've got short hands, uh, deep pockets.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm short so hands I, deep pockets. I'm like I'm a big, as you know, big New York sports fans, and I have my team. But I also like, it, it, especially when it comes to baseball, like when they do like the retro stuff or the City yeah. connect things. I do like own a few because I like collecting jerseys as well. So I do own like a few non New York team. Yeah,
1: I I see the black Mets jersey back there, and that's considered a retro now. But it's yeah. funny, I remember back in the early two thousands, I'm like, you know, that was new. It wasn't retro, now it's
0: retro. So we've got so we've got the black Mets jersey, we've got the black uh Jets jersey, mm-hmm. I, I need to get a, a Rogers one, and then you can't quite see it in the picture, but there is a Rangers jersey hanging up. Mm-hmm. Um although that has fallen down a couple of times today, so I hope that's not an omen for Again, six <laughs> tonight, but we'll we'll we are gonna touch on um New York sports because it's there's a lot going on, as we said. But let's yeah. let's touch on our teams mm-hmm. because you are a Giants fan and you cover the Giants
1: for mm-hmm.
0: um well, let's talk out.
1: about you want do you want to talk about the Jets first? Yeah, I'm can, really excited the that direction the team uh you know is going. I'm yeah, really let's excited.
0: do let's do the Jets because they're actually picking. After the, after the the Browns, we can lead off. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the, the Jets. So I think if we're going to talk about the Jets, it'd be rude not to start with, with the biggest move that was finally made official this week after months, what seemed like years. Yeah. So the Aaron Rodgers trade finally got, got done. I think what was clear in the wake of that was that the first round picks were the sticking point. Because I think the yeah. fact that, that the Jets got a first round pick back um but mm-hmm. just moved down two spots effectively. That it was probably clear that's what was holding it up. But um yeah, I mean I've done a few pieces on, on the website. The the most red ones are the, the Rogers stuff. No one will be oh, yeah. surprised. And the the kind of oh. and I'm actually working on a piece for tomorrow, hopefully, because for me he's won the press conference. But you know, winning the press conference is the most overused cliche in sports. However, I think in this case it's important because he just seemed... I, I think the fact that he's got out of Green Bay, I think that's what he, he's needed because he just seems revitalised, he seems hungry. He needed out. He needed out and I think it was clear that they've made clear from their end that that relationship was done. Wow. Um, And I think it was just... It was a broken marriage from both sides and they were they were ready for a divorce. And I think... What you've seen over the last few days is that he he clearly wanted to continue playing. And, and I'll be honest, and I'll, I'm putting this in the piece. I got caught up with some of the general media trends in terms of he's a bad guy. I don't it's think he's a bad to. guy. He's just opinionated. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because we all scream that we want our sports stars to be non-vanilla. But as soon as they go for a little bit of chocolate ice cream we then yeah. screen that they're too uh, so i don't think he's a bad guy he's just got opinions and i think i have listened to a lot of the press he's done um mm-hmm. i'm a big listener to the michael k show mm-hmm. yeah i like and, michael k and the interview he did with those guys was probably the, one of the best interviews they've ever done and he was mm-hmm. so so forthcoming so open so honest and and i you know and he denied this but he's definitely going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder to try and prove Green Bay wrong. And I think that's going to only going to lead to good things as well. And I think yeah. with the way that they, they're set up, you know, they, they, the defense last year was championship caliber. So as long as that doesn't step off um, mm-hmm. and they've added some pieces to it, which, which we'll get yeah. on to. Oh yeah. They had the, and we talked about this before we came on live. They, they had the um, defensive rookie and offensive rookie of the year, but the, probably the most deserving, if it played out over a full season, offensive rookie was Brees Hall, the running back yep. who went down hurt. So they've got two young studs on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, they've obviously added a, a couple of Rogers' um, old running mates, and I wouldn't be surprised if they if they probably bring a couple more in free agency. There's probably a couple of depth moves. Yeah, that
1: they, oh, yeah they, it, they, can, it, they can make. Yeah, and you'll have cuts later on. Like sometimes there are decent veterans that are cut just or have been made available trade, you know, by for trade for like future draft draft picks. But sometimes there are decent veterans who are cut just salary cap. You know, a team loaded up on the position in the draft, and guy becomes kind of like a cap casualty after the fact. Um, But yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's a bad person. I think at all. I think he's just his own person, his own personality, and. And, and that's it. And, um, you know, he's older. I mean, he's not going to be afraid to be himself. You know, he's like 37 or 36 or whatever. And I thought the – believe me, when I saw, Andrew, when I saw like what the trade actually wound up being in terms of picks, I'm like there really shouldn't have been a holdup at all because I absolutely find the Jets, who I think are a team, their window has opened and they needed a quarterback of this quality. I, hands down, would have paid – you know, yeah, I would have paid next year's first round pick. I don't care about one first round pick. When you're talking about getting a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers caliber, who I still think has good years ahead of him, multiple years, plural. Uh, I think last year was an anomaly. And I, I just assumed that it had to do with like, I think I like the, you know, the wide receivers they got in last year's class, like in the second and third year, third year. But I just don't, I don't think they were ready to be, you know Devonte Adams from day 1 you know they didn't need more time and maybe they're not that dynamic anyway but i think they were quality but i think there was the writing was on the wall that that green bay could kind of like take a step back ne- uh, last year you know with the loss of Devonte Adams and you know they had a good running game and well you know i'm talking too much about green bay Aaron Rodgers i think it was a great move for the jets i remember tw- you know seeing trending on my twitter timeline at least uh uh was it fleeced the word fleeced and that oh the Packers fleece the Jets. I'm like, no, they didn't at all. The the only thing that matters is how many first round picks are you're giving up. They gave up one, and that was and that was it. And it doesn't and, matter. And they got
0: one close. back as well. They got they got they got the they got they had the 13th pick. And well, they, got, they
1: swapped picks. That doesn't really count. They no. swapped two spots. You know, like and and you know what? They swapped this year's first round picks, 13 and 15. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't care about that. And uh, and they gave away what, like maybe this year's second round pick, yeah. next year's first round pick, and next year's fifth. Really. And I love second round picks, but you're talking about getting a quarterback who is legitimately going to put you, from my perspective, in Super Bowl conversations. Like that yeah. AFC East, listen, the Jets are approved. Just all I'm going to say is whoever's in the AFC East, good luck to all of you because it's going to be a bloodbath this year. And that, oh, that is, that... it's going to be what we thought the
0: AFC West was going to be last yeah. year. It's yeah, no, that division is going to be a lot of fun to watch. No, I guess the point I was trying to make is it, it wasn't like they completely surrendered their first round pick. So, so, so what to back up what you were saying to the people that are saying they were fleeced? Well, no, because not only did they get one of the best quarterbacks who have ever played the game, they yeah. still kept the first round pick, which they've used to select, mm-hmm. which they believe is. Um, and they've just selected a running back actually from Pittsburgh. Oh, so,
1: they got my guy. They got my. Oh, guy. is that your guy? I've I've been talking about Israel. He's my fourth favorite running back in this draft. Israel Abanaconda. you're gonna love this guy. You're gonna. He's a banger. This dude is. He moves the pocket. He's like a one cut, violent, like one cut go, violent, violent runner. You're gonna like Abanaconda. Uh, he's this- my. He's my guy.
0: This is what uh, I mean. Like Joe Douglas, when it comes to, when it comes to the draft, Joe Douglas is, is a draft guy. Like that's where he cut his teeth. That's where he learned his craft. And with these picks, you know he, what round?
1: He, what round are we in right now?
0: Uh, five. Football. Round oh,
1: five. The Giants probably weren't going to take him anyway, but so close. Just I'll tell you, you got great value, um, man. You got you got great value. The
0: the final thing on Rogers, like. This is a bigger argument, but it always frustrates me. You know, the, the Jets are in their window to win now because, yep. you know, cap space and draft capital its air. It's air unless you do something with it. And the way they're positioned now is, you know, they're starting to have to pay some of those pieces on the on the defensive side of the ball, like Quinn and Williams needs paying. You know, uh, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, uh, Source Gardner, they're going to be due up. To be paid in a few years, and if they carry on this current trajectory, they're all going to be, you know, they're all going to get huge paydays. So, while you're paying them on rookie deals, you need to go for it. So that's why it made perfect sense to go for Rogers. They're all in to win now because it's the same in any sport. It, it, whether it's basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, if you've got good young players on rookie deals, that's your that's your window to to win because. the the bill's always due just around the corner. And, you know, we, we're going to probably see it with the Rangers soon, which we'll, we'll touch on at the end of this, where, where they, they're potentially going to miss their window and they're going to be in salary cap hell and they're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering. So for me, the jets were in the position where they've got a lot of young studs on cheap deals and, you know, a a defense that can carry them to a championship you know, you, you bring in a quarterback that can that can win now. You add a few veterans because it, it'll be the Tom Brady impact, right? There'll be veterans, and, and we've already seen it, that will want to come on cheap deals just to, for one last Super Bowl and to play with Rogers. And the advantage that, that Rogers will have over Tom Brady is that Rogers is now playing in New York. Hang
1: on one second, my. Sorry, Melvin's acting no, up. Um, no but no, not. your window, like you started to pay the guys, to really count the really talented players who drafted a few years ago, like Keenan Williams. You know, you're only, you know, you, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall if he does make the second contract. Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, um, Sauce Gardner. You don't have to worry about those guys for the next few years. So you do have to go. Your window is open. You know, just like yeah. the Detroit Lions, their window is open right now too. That's a, a stacked team with a really good, good front office who knows what what it's doing. You had to make this move, and I think it was a good move, and I think you had really good value. when
0: Yeah, and I think the picks they've made so far, you know, including the one we just discussed, you know, Will McDonald, the linebacker um, with the knows his team pick. Again, that was what we were talking about earlier, where a lot of fans are like, oh, that's a reach. But, again, Joe Douglas knows what he's doing. He He's – He's worked in hundreds of draft rooms, and and this looks to be a high impact player. And you're you're adding a high impact player in a key position. And then I think their pick in the, the second round, which I think was a universal home run, was the center um, Joe Tippmann, who's a big that big was, dude.
1: He's another he's another Joe's guy, <laughs> Tippmann <Yeah>. and Ab- <laughs> Bonaconda. love both of them. I loved Tippmann. He I actually, it's funny I. It's really funny. I probably – I was happy with John Michael Schmitz for, for the Giants at pick 57. But I got to say, like, if both of them were there, and John Michael Schmitz has pretty consistently been, been like, you know, rated a little, like, higher than Tittman, I like Tittman all along, especially Wisconsin, where Titman came from, is an offensive line-producing school. Um, and, like, they, it, it's like if you want a, a tight end like Laporta, who the Lions wound up getting in the second round yesterday – From Iowa. Iowa knows how to do tight ends. They've had multiple really good players and Hall of Famers come out of that position from that school. Wisconsin knows how to do running game. They know how to do offensive linemen. I like Titman a lot. I'd say he was probably more my 1A, and John Michael Schmitz was my 1B. I'm not upset at all. But if I had my my choice, it probably would have been Tittman for the Giants. I really, I love that dude. Um, I'm watching a Bada right now. Oh, you're going to like him so
0: much. Well, what I like about Tipman is that he, he may go to one or two Pro Bowls, but more importantly, he's going to be a 10-12 above, you know, very, very solid starter okay. in the NFL. And, and, and at that position, that is all you want. You want someone who's going to produce yes. week in, week out, who's going to give you um, 10 to 12 years. And then I think yeah. as well, the Carter Warren, who went in the fourth round today, the offensive tackle, that is another, from um, Pittsburgh, that's another... Joe special that's his the, the offensive line the offensive tackle building from the trenches uh he's that's his bread and butter and he's another big dude and I, I like what they've done in terms of their they're building through the trenches in this draft
1: that's the key thing it's like listen the unsexy picks the big men in the middle on both sides of the line are are so important Okay, so they took Carter Warren. You know what? I really didn't uh, catch up on too many of the picks because I was running so many errands earlier today. So Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh, nice. They, I know they need a depth at the tackle position, and I think he's also a guy who could probably compete at guard, so he'll give you that flexibility too. So um, they t- they're loading up on, on pit talent here on uh, day three. I like it. I like it. Um, but, yeah, nice value in the fourth round, nice fair value. In the fourth round uh, for the Jets, there. But yeah, I'm looking at, and, and real quick, going back to Will McDonald, it's strange because I realize people say that's like he's a reach. I don't, I can't say he's a reach because again, I don't, I don't think this is a top heavy class in terms of, in terms of, def, in terms of edge. But I'm sorry, you know what? You had Will Carter, you had the guy Tyriky, uh was it uh, Tyreekie Smith out of Texas Tech? Those guys went earlier. Will McDonald, yeah, he was projected, I guess, to maybe be like, uh, uh, maybe to like go to Dallas. I know the Dallas defensive coordinator was really high on the guy. Uh, but he's a player who, in my opinion, that his ceiling is a lot higher than people realize. Mm-hmm. I, I think people just, they're just not familiar with him because he was projected to go in the, in the uh, back end of the first round, maybe beginning the second round. I think he's sneaky better than, than the vast majority of people realize.
0: And I, and I think all, there
1: were a lot of teams interested in Will McDonald. A lot of teams.
0: Yeah, and I think when you're when you're picking in that that sweet spot in terms of the middle of the first round, and it's that it's as deep as it has been this year. I, I think I think you're in a good position where you can't go wrong too much.
1: Get, because, get your it, guy. Get yeah. your guy. He was a first round pick. What does it matter if he's you know? Or do you have to trade back five spots and and get him and get that? Maybe someone else will take him at nineteen. You know, it's not like this guy was projected to be a third round pick. He's projected to be like a back. And he's been screaming up the boards. You know, he was, I wouldn't say a late riser, but throughout the whole going back to the end of the NCAA season, he's been steadily rising up the boards steadily. And
0: um, I think all you can ask for is just have conviction of what you do. And it's like, if you believe this guy's the guy, do what it takes to get him. And look, it, you're either going to be right or you're going to be wrong. But if you, if you think you're going to be right, at least – at least have conviction. Same with the Rogers thing. If you if you're gonna go out and get Rodgers, do give what give up what it takes.
1: I'll tell you this too. Yeah, I agree exactly. And and uh and I'll add this too, like Miles Murphy out of Clemson defensive end wound up going like number twenty nine to whoever, the Bills or, or maybe the Bengals. And that was really good value. But throughout most of this process, Miles Murphy was projected to be like a top fifteen pick to maybe go to a team like like the Jets to be like the third, the third defensive end taken off the board. I liked Will McDonald more. I wasn't surprised that that Miles Murphy um, dropped down in the back end of the first round, uh, and I still th- I think that's great value for him in the end of the first round. I think it was the Bengals like got him, and there was another one, another defensive end who went I think right after him if I recall correctly, who you know I think early on in the process for, throughout all of the process was, oh, I'm thinking of Brian Breezy also out of um, also out of Clemson. Uh, that's a great, but he was also originally projected to be like a top fifteen pick, and here he is going like back end of the first round. I think it's great value, but I like. I'm not going to say in the beginning, you know, like I was even very aware of Will McDonald, but the more I heard about him, the more I read up on him, the more video I watched on the guy, the more I liked him more than those other guys, and you know, it's hey. People can say, oh, you know, he was, he was mocked to go pick number 29. Yeah. Well, Miles Murphy was was mocked to go pick 14, and he fell all the way to 29. So there you
0: go. Let's <laughs> there, talk about your Giants, because you're one of the, the biggest Giants fans I know. The um, biggest. Be- but the Definitely the biggest. Before we get on to what they've done this, because I think what they've done this weekend, I think Joe Shane, the GM, has been universally praised for what they've mm-hmm. done. But I need you to convince me of something. I think mm-hmm. you know what I'm going to say. So, you're Geez, go ahead. You're a big, you're a big Daniel Jones fan. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit convincing because the jersey
1: I, did just fall behind you. You're right. Maybe with the Rangers jersey that fell behind, you said it kept falling. Or was it the the Mets jersey this
0: time? You you know what? Both the Rangers and the Mets jerseys now fallen, which is I mean the Mets game's been postponed today, but that is a horrible omen for what's to come this weekend. I'll tell you know what
1: it is? It's the Fates telling you, Andrew, that this is what you're gonna get for about to be dumping on Daniel Jones. That's what that's what you get, Andrew. The football so, gods are telling you.
0: So what we're gonna what we're about to break here is that if the Rangers lose in game six tonight and go out the Stanley Cup playoffs, it is all on me. You can come, come at me on Twitter as much as you want because I don't pay much attention to that app now anyway. But um, that's healthy. That's
1: good. Good idea.
0: <laughs> um, but no. So he, look, he had a great year last year, and and I think it again. I've we like we've had this discussion before when we used to do shows together. Coaching matters in the NFL more than any other sport. Like, is is a coaching league more than the NHL, the NBA, and baseball combined, and it's not even close. And I think what we saw last year was a difference having a coach who knows what he's doing at at the helm. So I kind of preface that with this in terms of, I was still a little bit dubious about the deal because of the larger body of work, but I'm willing to be won over by you, into and for you to tell me why you love that deal and 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 why you think Daniel Jones is is the guy for the Giants? Because
1: Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in the history of the game. There you go. End of
0: end of discussion. Uh, just joking. Uh, just job done. Joking. I'm convinced. Yeah.
1: All right. I always listen. I find I love talking Daniel Jones because the, the whole thing with Daniel Jones ever since he was drafted has been fascinating to me, uh, and I'm a Daniel Jones stan um, in that. I don't think his ceiling is ever going to be elite. You know, I don't think he's, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes or, you know, or Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think he'll ever be an elite passer of the ball, but I think he can be, uh, and I think he is. And I think as time goes on with stability around him, more than anything, talent, yes, but stability with offensive line and yes, wide receivers. And they don't even have to be, you do need to up to improve that, that wide receiving room. Uh, wide receiver room which they're doing now uh, but there's been such a lack of stability and, and the coaching I'm that I agree with you coaching matters I, I, in every sport you know but especially the NFL and bad coaching ruins careers you go to the wrong team you know, you're in trouble you're in real trouble I don't care what position you are you're in trouble if you go to the wrong team with the wrong schemes with the wrong coaching trying to fit square you know square pegs into round holes and it happens all the time. Um, and the thing about that, and I get people, you know, questioning Daniel Jones and, and even listen 50%, if not more of the giants bendies, you know, questions, you know, questions that, but I thought he was, it was worth what they did because it's not just, you're not just paying him, you know, first of all, it's really ultimately like, yeah, it was a four year deal. It's really more like a three year deal. Um, it buys you time, like to really see. What he can be as you surround him with more talent, as he's got that coaching stability, where it's going to be like the same. It's like this this regime, unless something tragic happens, is not going anywhere for a while. Brian Dable will be there, you know, for a long time. There's going to be stability there. Um, they are adding weapons. There's, you know, there are intel- There's intelligent coaching going on there. And last year, it was, I was very impressed with Daniel, and I wasn't surprised at all that um you did listen that when I looked at the beginning of the year I didn't look at the Giants and see it's funny I gave a projection right before the season started on another on another show called uh Giants uh called Giants Rush mm-hmm. and uh and or no no it was called Giant Zone and we went through the games and believe me I didn't look at our roster and think this is a 10 and 17 but we went we went through the schedule and when we were done I'm like all right so how many wins how many losses are we are looking at Yeah, you know, I, I gave my projections and, and the host counted up. He goes, all right, 10 and 7. I'm like, really? I, I picked us to go 10 and 7? And um, – but I always – listen, I saw enough of Daniel Jones uh, throughout his entire career where I'm like, this dude's not the problem. People talk about the quarterback. It's funny. It always people – and I can go off in a million tangents, unfortunately, talking about this. But people always talk about this quarterback beat that quarterback. This quarterback beat this team. No, this team beat this team. Um. You know, it's and yes, a quarterback makes a huge difference. But you know, people will say like, "Oh, how many Super Bowls did so and so win?" I can tell you this right now: there has never ever been. People talk about needing a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That's true, but there has never been, even a great quarterback that has won a Super Bowl with a bad team around him. And I always felt, and I think this is a very fair argument on my point. I've never seen this before in my life, Andrew, and it's something I still won't accept. Is I've seen the goalpost moved on Daniel Jones. Like I've never seen on any other quarterback Mm -hmm. in my life. Uh, and the, the ridicule began day one when he was, when he was drafted where I wasn't even happy when they drafted the dude, but I was giving him a chance But the absolute ridicule, which I think a a lot of it had to do with who drafted him. And that was like the almost universally despised and hated Dave gentleman. I think if anyone else had drafted him number six, there might've been questions, but it wouldn't have been ridicule. And it was even the fan base, you know? And, uh, and I remember his rookie year. That dude was on pace for with his his wide receiving core being Golden Tate, Sterling Shepherd, Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram. Um, his rookie year, and that's not on paper like bad names at all. But when if you don't, I'll tell you this though they they averaged nine starts each. That was the average for them. He was playing literally with guys off the street, and he was on pace. He finished the season in twelve games with twenty four passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns, which projected out to be 32 passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns, you know, it would have beaten Justin Herbert's, you know, um, mm-hmm. record. Um, then again, he might not have played the entire rookie season either. But the point being that these are numbers that were, you know, elite, you know, on a bad team that was ground zero or rebuild. And people were like, yeah, he had a pretty good season. I, and I get it. The whole thing was the fumbles, which was ridiculous. And if he could not improve on that, and he would never be an NFL quarterback. It would be a failed experiment. But every single year, he's gotten better. And then, uh, and finally, last year, he had stability. And people never want to say, like, they're always quick to say, well, hey, you got, hey, I don't care. Daniel Jones, like any quarterback, has to elevate, elevate the talent around him. What the hell is he going to elevate? What yeah. were you going to elevate? <laughs> These guys couldn't even stay. I want to see, uh, nothing against Jalen Hurts. So I like Jalen Hurts. I have yet to see Jalen Hurts play on a talentless offense. He has never in his college career in uh, in and, I, and again. This is nothing against Jalen Hurts. It's against it. it's this argument that I'm against. He's never had a bad offensive line in of Philadelphia. He's always had some decent weapons in Philadelphia. And now you have got AJ Brown and Devonta Smith and whatever else they're getting. I never saw Dak Prescott play behind a bad Cowboys offensive line. I've never seen Dak Prescott be without a um, an elite wide receiver. He's had CD, CD land. He's had uh Des Bryant. He's never had I remember for the like the four-game period where they didn't have Des Bryant a few years ago, Dak Prescott looked very pedestrian until lo and behold they trade for Amari Cooper and then he looks really good again. Uh, I, I keep keep going off for Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones, but I think that dude, I think there are plenty of quarterbacks that would fail. And people think that he think that he failed. Well, I think they would have failed worse in this situation. Um I, I think there are so many other quarterbacks, and I don't think he'll ever be an elite quarterback. But I think he's a very good quarterback, and you can win. And I think you can win a Super Bowl with the guy if you just focus on building up the rest of the team. Right?
0: Yeah, I, de- I definitely think there was some bias with with Jones when it came to, and I think like with every, with everything, and he's not, and he's not blameless. He's not blameless. No, for sure. But I think we like with everything. Sometimes we can be prisoner of the moment, and also we we need to look at everything for a line, for a wide angle a wide angled lens and i think as you said there you know he had like a different oc every year he had no weapons he had a, a, a crap offensive line so all that, that needs his to be third taken the head coach yeah so and that that know? lack of consistency it, it's like with and, and i mean i say this i i would take jones over wilson but then in in saying that i think the one fatal mistake Jets made was not recruiting a, a veteran quarterback that Wilson could learn from. I right, that, He wasn't ready. No, he, he was, was not. And, he and, wasn't and, ready. and, and, and I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. The bits I saw, especially towards the end of last year, I don't think he's. He's a, also a good, young. I, 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 you look, look at
1: Will Levis in the green room. Didn't he just look he looked hurt? Yeah. And he looked young. These guys are young.
0: I mean, I personally, I think, you know, I think Wilson and the Jets are probably done. I think they'll end up trading them at at, at some point. Um, but yeah, going back to Jones, I think good for him. You know, he had a great year last year, um, mm. and you know they've they've gone and added more pieces now. So talk us through the picks that obviously they made oh, yeah. three picks so far, haven't they? They they haven't made the fourth one yet. So talk us through the three picks and yeah.
1: Well, it's I, funny. We're finally we're finally getting to the point. People have always said, and "We're like, oh, the Bills took Justin Shorter. He was a late hopeful for my Giants. This dude's big. He's like six four. He's like bigger than he's bigger than linebackers. Justin Shorter out of
0: Florida. Anyway, he just went to the Bills. Um, I think they need that. By the way, I think they need a big body receiver that can. I like that, that can get a little bit dirty in the trenches and and. Take away some of the yeah. attention from Digs. They they need they need, and I think this. I think although the you know it's captain obvious. Although the draft is big for every team, I think there was more uh, importance on this draft for the Bills than probably any other team.
1: Yeah, you're probably right about that. You're probably right. But uh, real quick with Daniel Jones, people have always said like you know we're, every single year when they add maybe a weapon like a Kenny Galladay, which doesn't doesn't pan out, or a Kadarius Tony, which doesn't pan out. You know, maybe one offensive lineman. And they're like, well, no excuses now for Daniel Jones. And I'm always like, hey, man, I can't wait till I can, you know, happen where I can finally make excuses for the dude. But when you're telling yeah. me, like, there's no offensive line. Uh, well, they finally we got Andrew Thomas, but, like, there was no offensive line. Uh, yeah, I'm a Saquon Barkley's been – I love Saquon, and I want to see him stay long-term in the Giants, but he was been injured for much of Daniel Jones' career. And then wide receivers that simply could not stay on the field – I'm looking to make excuses where I get to the point, well, I have to start, It's which I'm happy to be really, for me, sink or swim Daniel Jones, where I believe in the dude. I think he's got the talent overall. While he'll never be an elite passer, I think, you know, his legs uh, offer so much. And I don't want him to be like a running quarterback, like, you know, maybe like Lamar, uh, but I just, the threat of his legs just adds so much. He's actually, I think people have been so wrong about so much on him where, they used to say he's not an accurate quarterback. The dude was super accurate this year. You know, again, it comes back to consistency. He's improved his, himself a lot, too. His pocket awareness this past year was leaps and bounds where it's ever been before. And that's a, a key criticism, a fair criticism of him. His pocket awareness was so much was so much better, getting rid of the ball faster. He's still got to work in that decision-making. But, again, he's like in the, in the third offensive system in his young NFL career. Um, so I'm looking forward to – Let's look at the weapons. So they added Darren Waller, which I really liked a lot. Originally, I was kind of scared about. I'm like, what did they give up? Mm. And then I saw they gave up a back end of the third and a fifth, and I'm like, I- I'm I can live with that. You know, like he's been injured for the past few years, but you know, we'll see what happens. I'm like, I, I can live with that. You know, for what they give up. He's a big.
0: He's a big body, uh, and he's a big dude. He's
1: a he's, field stretcher. Yeah, he's, he's mean. just like like Kincaid. Yeah, he's big. He's thick. He's fast. And he's proven. He's proven. He needs to be healthy. That dude needs to be healthy. But I love that move. Um, you know, I, I like that You know, they just added the they added the center to the offensive line, which is important. I think he's going to be day one starting, no problem. I like him like any rookie is going to have to grow, John Michael Schmitz. But I love the pick. That helps a lot. Evan Neal is playing like um, last year, unsurprisingly, the Giants fans played like an all-pro left tackle. And now Evan Neal is really the big question mark. Like, I think they've got enough young guards to compete at the two guard positions. If they can, if Evan Neal works out, like takes a big jump next year, you know, a la, like Andrew Thomas has done in the past, uh, if he can be very stable, um, it's going to be incredible for the offensive line. That's key. I love Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, none of these guys, though, that they've gotten, whether it's Jalen Hyatt, who I thought was wonderful value, I would have traded up in the third to get him at that point. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the biggest Jalen Hyatt fan, but there was no way I was taking him in the first. And between him and John Michael Schmitz, I flat out would have taken the center. But him being there in the third, I would have made that move up too. I just, it, he's never going to be a number one wide receiver, in my opinion, but he's going, if he lives up to his potential. He's going to be and he's going to be a, uh, a valuable weapon. This is a dude that that the secondary is going to have to account for again. Who could open up things underneath for Wondell Robinson when he comes back? Um, you know, uh, maybe Isaiah Hodgins as well and Bellinger the uh, the tight end. So they've got still improvement to add. You know, more improvements to make on, on in the receiving core. Uh, but it's, it's definitely steps in the big steps in the right direction. So I do expect. Listen, everything, you know, if everyone's healthy, second year in the system, I expect, uh, you know, I expect Daniel Jones to to continue to improve. But, you know, given that, you know, people, a lot of people thought that Daniel Jones, like, oh, you know, this offense wasn't explosive last year because of Daniel Jones. I'm like, dude, it's not because of Daniel Jones, in my opinion. This guy can throw, he throws a beautiful deep ball, a Mm -hmm. beautiful, accurate deep ball that's very catchable. People think he can't do that. He actually can. The past few years, the offenses just haven't been throwing the ball that way. This rookie year, he did. Um, the thing is that with him is that, um, you know, they finally got like Jalen Hyatt and Darren Waller. You know, it's now it's going to be on him if they if they're dialing up plays, explosive plays down the field. Daniel Jones, you better be hitting those. Like I know, like I know you can. Now it really is going to be on him. So but, definitely big steps in the right direction. I'd like to eventually get you know a real alpha wide receiver like a Jamar Chase or. a – you know, or a uh, Justin Jefferson, but whenever that happens, I'm not going to, we're not in a position to, you know, we're not in a position even with this free agency class and uh, draft class. We're not going to be heading into that top tier of teams like the Eagles, like the, you know, like the, the Chiefs, maybe even like the Jets. We're not there yet. We're not there.
0: Well, I think one thing, you know, being someone who feasts on NFL red zone and, and, you know, while, while I certainly, you know, watch every minute of the Jets, I, I do enjoy keeping an eye on what's going on elsewhere. It's just I'm excited for hopefully another healthy year of, of, of Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, oh, me too. Listen, I, I love Saquon. And, and people want to – they'll say too, like, well, you know, what's the general Jones with Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley is a huge part of it. Who's denying that? But it's not it's not just Saquon Barkley, you know? you can you know, Are we going to point to Saquon Barkley when his rookie year when the team won four games? You know, I'm certainly not going to put that on Saquon Barkley, you know, but, but you also do you want to take another weapon away from Daniel Jones, you know, like, but I love Saquon and I really hope that they do get like, you know, some sort of extension done. I, I want to see bro I think he's, you know, it, it almost seems like uh contradictory in a way, but I think like the, the injuries that he's had, like that torn ACL actually has probably kept tire on the tread, you know, where yeah, maybe he, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but, you know, being off the field for a year, it keeps tiring the tread. And I'd like to get some running back help for this dude too, where he's not taken like almost 300 snaps in a season. (laughs) It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: So So, we're, um, we're we're in the, I think that was the last Jersey going down, which again is not a good omen for my, for my Rangers tonight. And that's probably a good, um, transition because we're going to quickly before we finish here move on to New York sports in general um it's obviously mm-hmm. been a great great weekend in the NFL draft it's, it's you know by the time you'll listen to this it'll be done and and for me that marks the start of the season because rookie camps will be open soon and then mm-hmm. it won't be long before OTAs so we're getting close to the football, which is which is great but in the meantime there's a lot going on in New York sports we, oh we, yeah they- we-
1: this is definitely this is definitely hockey NBA season. You know, with uh, you know, with the with the NFL draft just you know dropped in for three days. You know, now it's clearly, uh, you know, in baseball is like it's only just begun. This is you know NBA playoffs, hockey playoffs. It's a cool time of year. It is so one that New York teams
0: are involved. So one thing I wanted to ask you to obviously you know I know the Islanders went out last night mm-hmm. and and the Rangers could go out tonight, but obviously the Devils will still. We'll, we'll still be in there and, and they look to have a bright future. But but with the three hockey teams having made the playoffs yeah. and you can make an argument, you know, I tried to stay away from this because it upsets a few, but whether you want to include Buffalo in that or not, I'll leave it up to you. But if you want to, then the Sabres, but we'll keep it to the three teams for now. But so you've you got the three teams all making the playoffs at the same time for the first time in ages. Obviously, we've talked about the Jets with Rodgers and, and the Giants are on an upwards trajectory. The Yankees mm-hmm. and the Mets are obviously going for a little bit of a rut at the moment and and mm-hmm. the, we'll wait to see what the Aaron Judge injury is, but they're going to be contenders. Yeah. Um, yep. you know, you've know, you got the Knicks who are starting the semifinals today and mm-hmm. th- they just look... Unreal. For, for me, it's the first time since I've been invested in New York sports that we've had it this good. Because probably you, since, you've been since the
1: Larry Johnson, probably since the Larry Johnson days.
0: So it's been that long Larry for you Johnson. too.
1: Yeah, I, and I'm not even a, a Knicks fan. Actually, I, I'm, a, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, and okay. we made the playoffs. Really built off of the back of when we still had Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. They're the ones who gave us a nice cushion there of wins. Uh, I'll be honest, I was happy to see that era move on. Uh, I was done with those two and then them yep. and their drama. Yeah. Uh, adios, you're not my type of players I never, that's that's why I can't It's hard for me to get into the NBA I used to, I, I never loved the NBA I used to like it 90s basketball was phenomenal Wow, it was super And like um, The thing with basketball these days is just I'm a team-centric guy And I I don't follow players around If you're no longer on my team You know, like, I don't care about you anymore I have nothing. no Will Will, I just don't care I'm a huge Jake DeGrom fan He's and I'll always, you know, I'll always root for Jake Degrom, but also I kind of just don't care. You're on the Rangers now, like, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. So and that that one hurt when he left. That hurt. Um, but so, but the Knicks are man, the Knicks are a super hot team. They look, they look as legitimate as I've seen them in 20 years. You know, since those Larry Johnson days when they they were in the playoffs consistently. And, and listen, even those days weren't as good as the Patrick Ewing days. When it was like early 90s, those, those Knicks-Bulls battles in the early 90s were something that was must-watch TV. You know, the Patrick Ewing teams versus the the Michael Jordan teams in the playoffs. I mean, the, the Bulls always won, but that, that was must-watch TV. Knicks looked really good.
0: And, and they, I think they
1: look like the best New York team overall in all the sports right now. They look like yeah. the best New York team.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the exciting thing is is that, you know, as long as Jimmy um, Butler doesn't go on like a seven-game superhero run again they there's again. every that they've got every opportunity to to get past miami you know and, and get into mm-hmm. the conference the mm-hmm. conference finals and and you know everyone says it but it, it you know new york's as passionate a market as there is and it's i think they're passionate about all their sports but it it's a basketball town oh totally and, oh, and so when the Knicks so wow, cuz did you did you see um did you see Seventh Avenue after last week when they beat the uh, Cleveland in New York on no, Sunday?
1: No, no. I work from home these days.
0: <laughs> it, it was like game four. I can't remember what game it was, it was game four or five, but they absolutely took over Seventh Avenue after the game.
1: Oh, okay. Like, they didn't do amazing. damage, did they? Because the New York New Yorkers normally don't go like wilding or like anything crazy like that. No,
0: no, they, they so leave that to the Philly fans, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, in other cities. So they're usually pretty cool about that. So just, just, I, just partying,
0: right? Just partying? Just partying and having a good time. Right. So, but that's what I was I was terrified last year when Philly had, like, a team in every – like, obviously, the Phillies made it to the World oh, Series. Man. Eagles yeah. made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, is it the Philadelphia Union made it to the MLS final? And I'm like – I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I'm like, this, the world is going to get burnt down if they – Holy cow. I don't if, think if, anyone won, right?
1: No, no they, they all won. lost. They all lost. Good,
0: thank God. Good. I'm because surprised we're still loser. here, given the way Philly fans are. I'm I'm surprised the world's yeah. still. Um, we, we might have to. We
1: might have to nuke that site for morbid. Yeah. safe.
0: <laughs> but no. But I think I was going to kind of quickly touch on the Rangers, but you made an interesting point about the Nets because I thought the Nets were a really cool story before they effectively sold their soul for. Yeah. The, yeah. And, a few and, years and, ago. Yep. And, it was cool. And I have to say, of, of the four major sports in America, probably the NBA, I love the Knicks, but the NBA is probably like bottom of the pile just in terms of because I just find it so difficult with the player empowerment because they've taken it too far now. And and yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping in a way the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup this year. Because I'd love it. Although I don't think he would do it because hockey players aren't wired that way, mm-hmm. I think. If there's one player that would change how NHL players go about their business, it'd be Connor mm-hmm. McDavid. Like if Connor McDavid requested a trade, I mm-hmm. think it's game over and that you would have players requesting trades right. left, right, center. Because it's not it's not in like an NHL player, like a hockey player's definition is not in their DNA to mm-hmm. cause a farce or you know, right. Problem. Yeah. Good point. And, but good I kind point. of think if there was one player that was going to change that, it'd be McDavid because he is like the best player we've seen since Gretzky. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of hoping the. And also, I'm a like, I, I'm like you. I have my teams, but I'm also a fan of the sport, and mm. I, I'm a fan of greatness. So it'd be mm. pretty cool to see McDavid win a cup. But I'm very nervous about Game Six tonight with the Rangers. Yeah. They, they've not looked good. I thought they were. Yeah i thought they were awful in game five like i couldn't believe how how bad they were yeah. the devils looked looked better in every department
1: they're they're both like, really evenly i think evenly matched teams and so far the series you know bears that out i mean it's three to two even if, say say if the devils were to win tonight it would be a four to two series like that's a close series you know and like every team can have like just a game where they look bad. You know, like it can happen. It can happen to the Devils tonight. Yeah. You know, like it's just, it's just, it's you know, it, it's it can just happen at any moment. Um, but the Rangers look. The Rangers look really good. They they look like just they they look like a really solid team. There is no way. It's only three to two. The Rangers could easily win. Uh conceivably win the next two games. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Well, I, they're, they're not punching up in weight here. These are two evenly matched games.
0: I think the thing with the Rangers that gives you hope is that Sabanajet and Panarin haven't scored yet in this series. Right. And, and, right. and you like to think that can't carry on. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, uh, Timo Mayer and Niko Hishia haven't, haven't really been big on the stat sheet for the Devils. But if you look at their... Yeah. Under, if you look at their underlying metrics, they've kind of dominated. So it, it can kind of go both ways. And let's finish off with some baseball talk because the Mets game's been rained out today, which is probably good for everyone. I think everyone <laughs> yeah. needed a day yeah. off. Everyone needed Man. a day off and just
1: you know. we, we needed a day off and we need Verlander back.
0: Um yeah.
1: But I, I am happy that that and we this is something we talked talked about before we went live a little bit. I had to bring it up because I know we're both Mets fans, um, that, you know, Brett Beatty, the young, you know, phenom, um, who was absolutely killing it in the winter leagues, killed it in spring training, you know, was sent back to AAA when we had no real, you know, third base option. Of course, we had third baseman. You know, we have a starter, I guess, an Escobar. We got a backup. But Brett Beatty, there was no reason. Like, this guy has hit. At every single level, of triple-A. Uh, yeah, and of course, every young player needs to improve on something. And I was following this guy ever since he was drafted. Because uh, I, I don't follow college baseball, but when the Mets draft players, I start following them intently. I love following the minor leagues. And Brett Beatty has had – he had like a pro-ready swing since he was drafted out of high school. A sweet, beautiful lefty swing. He's always had – power to all fields. And you're seeing that. You know, he will hit. Um, you know, he's a lefty. He's a lefty. He'll hit a um he'll hit a uh a home run over the left field fence. He'll hit it over the yeah. center field fence like he pretty much did the other night. He'll he'll, he'll rocket it uh, rocket the ball over the right field fence. And this guy's exit velocity, which has become like a big thing that talks everyone talks about these days, was 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 110. You know, when like 102, is, people are like, woo, you know, his exit velocity, the guy hits the ball hard. Um, and his defense, people were like, oh, well, you know, he's got to work on his defense. I'm like, his defense is fine. You need to score runs, please. You know what? And actually his defense looks a lot better, but yeah. I never thought the guy was a butcher of the ball. I think like this, is, this isn't this is 1969 where you can get away with having five guys hitting 220 but they're they've got good gloves. You need to produce runs. You need to produce runs. Um, uh, listen, it's important. I always want defense up the middle, which you know, uh, which you know, catcher, shortstop, second, and center field. And you do you can't have a, a butcher at third base, but he's not that, and he needs to be playing every day. And if if Buck if Buck is going to um, not play him every day, then send him down where mm-hmm. he can play every day, you know, and go ahead with Escobar. Do what you want. Go with, you know, the back end, back end of the, uh, of the lineup with middling hitters. If that's what you want to do, Buck, go ahead and do it. Um, and I do think though, I got to say though, I, I do like the catcher, the young catcher. I'm brain farting on the main. Alvarez. Yes. I, but I always felt like he was not ready to be up here full time. Yeah. Like, he need like, There were holes in his swing, and it was apparent when he was up here. And I'm not mocking. I'm not knocking the guy at all. I am excited by him, by his potential. But I'm like, you know what? I felt like he could spend more time in AAA. But Brett Beatty, he should have been up in the beginning. He's got to be playing every day, though. I love him. Believe in him. He's not going to fail. He's not going to fail. He's a sure thing.
0: And I did an article the other day on that. It's only April, so a little bit of patience is needed overall. But – Yes. Saying that, I'm contradicting myself a little bit. You know, it's 162-game season, but in the division they're in, they can't afford to get off to that slope because the Bra- the, the Braves, to me, are uh, probably... You know, the Mets should be looking at the Braves over how to build a team because mm-hmm. their lineup is loaded, but they've got a load of young players that they've now locked down to team-friendly deals for nine, but ten years. The Mets never do that. Mets never do that. And the Phillies... Look, the Phillies... You can't look at the Phillies and say, "Well, they're off to a slow start." Because look at what they did last year; they were they were middling yeah. at the All Star break, and then they got to the World Series. Yeah. So, yep. there, there has to be some urgency. But I agree with you on Beatty; is I think he's he's a sure thing. I think he's Alv- the real deal. He's the real deal. I think Alvarez will be the real deal in terms of what he I can agree. do at, at the plate. I would like yeah. to see um, Mark Vientos or Ronnie Mauricio called up. Even if, because I think, I think you're only going to get better with reps, and we're seeing that with Beatty now. Is that the more he's playing, mm. uh, you're seeing the results. But I yeah. think what has become apparent is that when it comes to the trade deadline, they can't do what they did last year and stand back. I think they right. that that lineup is missing a huge bat at six seven in the order, and I think given the state of the rotation and that you can't depend on anyone in that rotation because mm-hmm. Scherzer didn't look great before he got suspended.
1: They're yeah. going to have
0: to go and get a top arm. So I, I think, I think the fact that they've got a lot of prospects outside of those core four is good because I think they're going to have to use that right. if they're going to compete. I, I'd
1: be very cool with them. trade. Uh tra- Like the two guys I really, really want to keep are uh absolutely Brett Beatty. Um, Uh, And Alvarez too. Yeah. Uh, But you know, Mauricio and and the other guy, um, I'd be cool with them trading because I, I I like their potential. Vientos, I like their potential a lot. But I I think those are more tradable pieces. Um, And Mauricio, I believe, was you know a shortstop. Am I wrong about that? And he was. uh, They they do have him playing. It's funny. Someone else, I forgot who it was, but someone else I followed was like a Mets. Kind of like beat guy, uh beat guy, um, Ryan Finkelstein, I believe. I think it was Ryan Finkelstein. Lockout. Yeah. That's what I like a lot. And I think he was the one who made the point recently. He's like, listen, regarding Mauricio, if uh, if he's if the like down in the minor leagues, if the Mets continue to play him at shortstop, it means that he's probably going to be traded at some point this season in a package for you know to upgrade the team. Uh, if they start moving him around, it probably like outfield positions. It probably means that. They plan on bringing him up to play on the team. And he's actually started playing like in the outfield recently. So I am that he's an exciting player. He's Mauricio is an exciting player, but that the the one guy I have no doubt about in my, like into my bone, to my core is Brett Beatty. I have no doubt about that, about that guy. Alvarez, I'm not as sure of, but I, I think that he will, you know, take care of that hole in the swing. That's, He's always swinging high up here, and I think he can take care of it. He's a he's a young guy too. I think he's like 21 years old. Yeah, I
0: think. Yeah, I think for I think for me, Beatty and Alvarez are the must keeps. Anything out of that because yeah. they're in there. I'm with they, you again. What we were you saying? earlier? they're in their win now window. So mm-hmm. outside of those two, you give up what you need in order to get yeah. a piece that helps you win there. Um, final thing before I let you go because I know we've been going a while. I don't know if you That's saw cool. it. But GQ Sports did like a list of like the kings of New York sports the other day. Uh huh. I and didn't see it. It's been
1: I've been I've been so draft oriented focused that I have like nothing. I have a nuke could have went off like you know twenty miles away. I probably wouldn't even know about it.
0: <laughs> I I know what you mean. When like I'm like it with the with the NHL draft. Once you get into it, it is all consuming. But it yeah. got ripped to pieces, and I can't remember the full list. But they had Jalen Brunson at number one. Mm-hmm. They had Mikhail Bridges at number three. Oh, I do remember.
1: I, I saw it quickly. Yeah. I saw it quickly. And I might have even seen it from you on your, uh, maybe on, on Yeah, because oh, that's why I probably saw it.
0: Okay. I'm working on my own one for the, for the website. So mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on this before we go. Me personally, I think what GQ have done is that it, it, they've bought in on the basketball town mentality mm-hmm. and prison of the moment. I think with any list like that, the Kings of New York Sports. Aaron Judge has got to be one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I, th- I, I, I think you go Pete Alonso, right up there. Two potentially.
1: Uh,
0: mm-hmm. uh, right up there, absolutely.
1: It de- Aaron de- Rodgers, if he pans out, he's not yet, but he will be. Yeah, if everything pans out the way I- we expect.
0: I think because that's what I'm having trouble with is you've got almost be loose on the criteria because I think I'd have Aaron Rodgers in there because he he's like the best quarterback in New York now. I think Jalen Brunson... Watch New- your mouth. Oh, sorry, gonna be, Daniel it's Jones. It's going
1: to be interesting to see how he reacts to being the second best quarterback in his own market for the first time in his career.
0: Exactly. Now he's got Daniel Jones. But in all seriousness, I'd have Daniel Jones like top five, top six.
1: Well, I mean let's see. So what is it again? Is it like King of New York sports? Is that the Kings of New York sports? Is that Kings of I think, I the think they
0: like meant now, like as in Kings of but like Oh no no, right right now. Right now. Yeah, but they had like I, Mikhail Bridges Saquon. number three. Which I can't I don't think you can have Mikhail Bridges in there, no offense. No, I agree.
1: No, I, I agree. I agree.
0: I I think uh, so if you're if you're looking at players that have to be in there, no order, Judge mm-hmm. Alonso, uh Saquon Jones, what's that for?
1: What about on the Jets? Sauce Gardner.
0: Yeah, and this is the thing: you put Rogers in there, or do you go for something like Sauce Gardner? Um, I can't
1: do Rogers yet
0: because you can't forget you can't forget hockey.
1: Right, right.
0: Because I, uh, ha- I would, I would personally have Jack. Q if it, yeah, I, I know, pers- But they kind of put Jersey into New York, don't they? Because right, that's cause cool. It's the
1: New York City market, anyway. Yeah, and that's the difference between you had brought up Buffalo before. Count them as New York.
0: Yeah, we leave it, Buffalo out, but we'll count. That's
1: that's not that against Buffalo. That's New York State sports. Yeah. This is New York City metropolitan area. Yeah, that's what it is. What we're referring to. Because
0: you, because if you look at the Devils, they're on like the MSG network, so they've got to be included. Yeah. So maybe Barzell. I wouldn't have him because mm. I. I I think you're running out of names. I think over him, I'd have Jack Hughes, and then because I think the the free hockey players that I think would have to be on there would mm-hmm. be Jack Hughes, Adam Fox, Igor Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. it, it, but not all not all three are going to make the list. I'm not even sure all two make the list. So let's see. Um, yeah, I
1: definitely have Saquama.
0: Let me, let me, I'm just going to quickly grab up judge
1: list. Judge, absolutely.
0: I think he has to go. Uh, I think Judge has to go top. Yeah, I think he, I agree with you. I think Judge
1: probably. And who was the Nick again that you mentioned earlier?
0: Brunson? They had Brunson. Okay. They had Brunson in the free hole, I think. Right. So I'm just getting this list up now. So they uh, had, yeah. so GQ had Daniel Jones at 10, mm-hmm. Igor Shusterkin at nine, mm-hmm. Pete Alonso at eight, Francisco mm-hmm. Lindor at seven, Julius Randall at six. That's
1: Volpe- over Lindor. That's crazy. Lindor should not be ahead of Lon- Alonso. That's not nothing against Lindor. No.
0: Anthony Volpe at five, which is very prisoner of the moment. Mm. Saquon Barkley at four. Mikael mm-hmm. Bridges at three, which is, I i mean, Bridges Too for high. me doesn't even make my list. No offense yeah. to him. Aaron right. Judge two and Jalen Brunson one. So I would go Judge one. Yeah, I'm with you. I would go Alonzo.
1: I think I'd go, me myself, I would go
0: Saquon. So Judge one, Saquon two. Mm-hmm. Alonzo free,
1: man. Yeah, Alonzo Gardner Brunson, maybe Brunson because basketball is people are so psyched about Knicks basketball being being you know good again.
0: So we go judge judge one Saquon two Brunson mm-hmm. in the in the free hole. Then mm-hmm. I think you do Alonzo four. Mm-hmm.
1: I say Gardner after
0: that. Gardner five. He's yeah, he's
1: huge. You know, K Bon Thibodeau, but maybe the back end of the list, possibly. The
0: so Gardner, definitely. Six. Hughes? Yeah. I, yeah, I think six. Yeah. Was so a little
1: too high? I mean, he's great, but in terms of like the name recognition and. It's yeah. Not
0: really, uh, there's that. It's not hockey. Pleasant. The problem with those kind of lists is there's that hockey bias with people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people sleep on hockey. So, uh, right. Daniel Jones at six?
1: No, I have a uh, listen. Daniel Jones is my secret. I don't think he'd make any top ten list. He's so uh, he's he's so unassuming.
0: So you <laughs> you would have Daniel Jones off? No, I, I wouldn't.
1: I, listen, I love Daniel Jones as I as I made clear, pretty apparent. He's I, I would at least I, I wouldn't move him above
0: above top ten. Can can I can I say as well one of the reasonings that they've put Schusterkin in? not that I think I think chesterkin has got to be in a conversation mm. but the, one of the reasons Gq's listed is that because he him he and his girlfriend run an Instagram account for their dog oh do they I think? love dogs but I don't think <laughs> I like... that enters the conversation for I, for why I, you're I actually
1: I I have a Twitter account for my dog Melvin it's called Melvin talks
0: I'll follow that send me a reminder uh, and I'll follow it
1: I'll I'll make sure he might I'll make sure he follows you. I'll talk to Melvin. he's I shouldn't even mention his name. He's leaving me alone right now. Uh
0: so what do we what do we decide on six?
1: So far, Judge, Saquon, Brunson, Alonzo, Gardner. I think those are the clear cut five. Is there a ranger you want to?
0: I think again, I think maybe you sn- you sneak a ranger in. I think I'd go for Adam Fox. I think Adam Fox and Hughes make the list, but I think they need to go. You do you just put Rodgers in? at six based on his reputation and what
1: yeah let's do that let's do that let's do that's fair let's see maybe maybe
0: hughes hughes at seven eight you go lindor maybe fox i don't think
1: lindor i don't think lindor is i would say fox um listen mets fans you know here in the new york area um they like Lindor, but it's not the same connection with Alonzo. Probably because Alonzo is um, is the uh, the homegrown guy. It was the same thing when they had Carlos Beltran and David Wright and Jose Reyes. Everyone yeah. everyone liked Carlos Beltran. It was one of the best baseball free agency signings I can ever remember in my life. Talk about someone who lived up to every single dollar of his contract for seven years. It was Carlos Beltran, uh, but David Wright and and Jose Reyes were the homegrown guys. Um, so I wouldn't have Lindor on there yet. Let's put it that way.
0: You go with so Randall.
1: Go Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, I
0: think Randall lower down on the list makes sense. Like maybe in, in the nine spot.
1: Well, I think that's what we got right now, right? Randall in the nine spot. I'll oh, stop. So, no, so, so, my name.
0: so we've heard got his name. Hughes at seven, Fox at eight, Randall at nine. Mm-hmm. And who who would you close it out with? I'm trying to think of
1: Lindor is a good bet. Any of the Yankees? I, I love Daniel Jones, but I can't. That's
0: Cole, uh, Garrett Cole.
1: I don't like, think so. I think he's I don't think Yankee on... fans feel that. I don't think no. they feel that way about him. Let's no.
0: see. I, um, think, I, I think he was. It, I wouldn't have Volpe on there because again, that's very prison of the moment. Like. There's a lot of fight, but I wouldn't say
1: could it be I was gonna say maybe Garrett Wilson? I'll go Kayvon Thibodeau.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good I'll shout. I'll go
1: Kayvon. He's you know, he's a personality, people like personality. Um and he had a he had a, a a very good rookie year. Uh season got better as he went along more and more. I'd say Kayvon Thibodeau. Um Definitely, like, Giants fans are super, you know, understand, you know, rightfully so. We're, we're very, very excited about Kayvon Thibodeau. So, so oh, read out the list. Thibodeau. Okay, Let's... I think it's good. Judge. So it's Judge, Saquon, Brunson, Alonzo, Gardner. Those yeah. are the top five. Rogers, Hughes, Fox, Randall, Thibodeau.
0: Yeah, see, I, I'm biased, but I like our list a lot better.
1: I agree with you. I agree with you. You know why? Because we know what we're talking about.
0: Exactly. I think we, we know the pulse of New York sports fans. And I think GQ, they've probably done it, like, I can see why they'd have Lindor high because of the fashion.
1: Understandable. I mean, listen, That's I, I get Lindor. I did. But I, I felt, given how many teams we have in the New York area, I, I felt like, you know, um, not that he's not a great player, but in terms of, like, a, an emotional connection with a player, you know like with people like new york they think new york and new york sports um i think these players yeah i think they're ahead of lindor
0: yeah for sure i think that's I like um it. that's that's a good place as any to finish on um yeah totally i think i, I like think it. the the da- not the danger but i think the thing with us we've had this before we could literally talk for yep. hours and hours so and what Absolutely. i w- what i would love to do if you're up for it is maybe get you on more regularly once the season starts and we can talk giant. We, you know, we can do like a Giants jets episode, maybe weekly or twice mm-hmm. weekly, whatever suits your, your schedule. And we can have a, you know, yeah. See what's going on with our teams and have a wider look at the NFL. And, and that, I think that'd be cool to do.
1: Absolutely. I'd like to have you on as a guest on toilets to titles. Um, Got to think like, I'm, I pretty much just do the giants program right now and I'll be giving, um, that's like, because I do a lot of stuff, like a lot of reviewing and editing for the website now, like articles. Okay. Uh, so I don't really write up articles, but I do a lot of the reviewing, editing, and posting. As a matter of fact, I you know, Coach sent me two articles this morning. I have to get to, I have to review and edit and post. Um, so basically, like, the only show I have now really is is the Giant Show. Um, but definitely, let's you know, let's. Oh, I, just my point being that I'd like to get you on the Twelve Titles.
0: Yeah, so absolutely. We're Be- gonna
1: figure that out.
0: We'll figure that out. That football will be with us before we know it. Um, I'll, I'll come on toilets to Titles. You come back on this show. percent And we'll, we'll talk football. But thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been a blast. Enjoy the rest Thanks of the draft. Thanks for
1: thinking. Thanks for thinking of me. I really appreciate it. I was really happy. I was really excited when you reached out to me. Because I always did like enjoy uh, talking sports with you. So I,
0: I think I, the, as I go deeper with this podcast, I think the the ones that work out best are the ones where you can just like this has been a conversation. It's not been an interview.
1: It's like sitting at a pub at a bar, having TV on, you know, a game or whatever, whether it's soccer, football, whatever, um, baseball, and just have a beer in your hand and uh and just chit chat in sports, you know. And I could always listen to intelligent sports fans talk about sports, even if it's teams I'm not into like I like intelligent sports analysis conversation totally so and that's what this has been
0: and that's all New York sports fans want they just want intelligent engaging conversation no 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 crap they just want it straight down the line and that's what we've done yeah. and we'll we'll put our list out there see what people come back at us with but
1: it, and hopefully next time I won't look so dark or red I apologize but again it's my camera i think it just modulates incorrectly I actually do have a lot of light here in my in my living
0: room. I think next time I'll get a better prop manager as well to make sure that we don't have jerseys start falling from the ceiling halfway through. So that's I'll, okay. I'll it was a sure. sign. It was a sign. Yeah. Don't
1: talk nasty about Daniel Jones. I'll,
0: I'll, exactly. I'll. You can message me later. You have told me so. When the Rangers get get beat in Game Six, let's <laughs> hope that's not the case. But um, but no, thanks. Um, thanks for coming on. It's been a blast, and we will uh, get you on soon. All beans.